Welcome, my name is Matt Wilson. Thank you for joining us for the Travis Air Force Base Department Highlight. In these episodes, we'll talk with current members of the department about the emergency services offered, department makeup, shift schedules, the local community, and much more. Our intent is to give listeners an idea of what the department and base are like and to help those up for reassignment make an informed decision as to where they should move next. So without further ado, please welcome from Travis Air Force Base Fire Department, Staff Sergeant James Muncy and Mr. Robin Torrance. Well, gentlemen, how's it going? It's going good. Good, good. morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Uh, glad we can get you on. Glad we could line this up. So uh, for those who don't remember and for you guys, if if I didn't explain it well enough, uh, we do fire department highlights to provide some insight into fire departments across the Air Force. You know, it lets people know kind of what you guys are about and, you know, if they're, let's say, um, tasked with maybe PCSing or they want to move there for whatever reason, maybe a civilian wants to, to move over there. Um, they get to know a little bit about the place, the department, what you guys got going on. So that's what we'll go over today. Uh, but before we get into any of that, we'll have each of you guys, you know, introduce yourself, tell us what position you hold within the department, a little bit about yourself. Uh, Robin, you can go first. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm currently a GS seven here at Travis, um, 29 years of age. Um, born and raised in Fremont, California, so I'm from the local area. Uh, joined the Air Force in 2014. Um, spent my first year and a half at Joint Base Andrews. Um, I spent a year at Osan Air Base in Korea, and then uh, I ex- ended up extending my contract to accept orders here at Travis, so I finished up here at Travis. Uh, applied for a GS-7 spot and was able to obtain it. Uh, just for a few things that I do here at Travis for us, um, the president of our association, um, I'm the lead for our MSA program, I'm an MSA repair tech, uh, captain of our combat challenge team, so it's the general basis of what I do. I'm also a PTL, uh, generate two workouts a week for our flight members. Nice. Awesome. How long have you been a civilian? Uh, since 2019. Cool. Pretty, pretty short. That's yeah, I got pretty lucky with uh, the transitional period from military to civilian. I was actually able to uh, get the position while still uh, active duty. You know, I got a letter in lieu, and you know the cards just fell right for me. So awesome! That works out great. And I look forward to talking about the combat challenge team. Man, you don't hear too many bases that have that anymore. And uh, also your your role as a PTL as a civilian that's pretty interesting too. So we'll, yeah, <laughs> if we get a chance, we'll talk a little bit about that. Of course. How about you, James? Uh, my name's James. I'm a staff sergeant at Travis. Uh, my first, I joined the Air Force in 2015. Uh, and my first base was Moody Air Force Base in South Georgia. And then I got orders to, I was there for about four years and then I got orders to Travis and I've been there going on three years now. Um, I'm originally from Georgia, so my first assignment was nice because uh, I was close to home. But that's a little bit about myself. Awesome. You said staff sergeant, right? Cool. Yeah. So you're a crew chief. you working on the floor. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, the first thing we'll talk about is just a brief description of the department and the base. Um, we'll talk about the department first. You know, how many fire stations are there? How many firefighters? You know, what's the mission set? Uh, all, you know, while keeping this unclassified, of course. Okay. 
Uh, Rob, you don't mean anything like that you can Google is basically what I mean by that. Yeah, you can go first. I'll fill in anything <laughs> you might miss. Okay. All right. So, uh, Travis, we're an AMC base. Um, the fire department's actually part of 60 Civil Engineering Squadron. Uh, we're located uh, in Fairfield, California, which is right between San Francisco and Sacramento, California. The base is. Uh, it covers a 6,400 acre uh, lot, and we serve about 26,000 people daily. Uh, some of the aircraft we have are the C-5, C-17, and KC-10, so all heavies. Uh, as far as the department, we have three stations. Uh, they each cover three response districts. Uh, station 1 covers the flight line and it also supports uh, Station 2 response district and then Station 2 covers Station 2 or response district 2 and then Station 3 covers uh, the third response district. Uh, station 1 and 2 are on the flight line. Uh, we work 48 as far as military goes. And then civilian, they work 4872s. Uh, and there's about 64 military firefighters that work at Travis and 16 civilians. Uh, and we average about a thousand calls a year. Uh, Robin, I don't know if you have anything you want to add into that. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Um... What's kind of unique about Travis is that we do have three shifts, you know, uh, A shift, B shift, and then we have about uh, six or seven civilian personnel that work that two, three, but we also have some civilian personnel that have chosen to work the, the 48s um, along with our military. Well, and then uh, yeah, another thing about unique. Travis is we got a Davis Grant Medical Center, which is uh, probably the largest, I would believe, military hospital um, on the West Coast. Um, it's really, they got a really mm -hmm. big training, um, mission. No. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's actually the largest in the air force. What's that medical center? David uh, Grant. David Grant met. Yeah. David Grant. You say medical it's the largest center. in the air force. Really? Yes. It Even is. compared to mm -hmm. Lackland and Ramstein. Yes. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That was uh, interesting too. The 48s for military, 4872 for civilian. I imagine there's probably some, uh, Maybe that's a recent change, and maybe the union got involved. Yeah, definitely uh, the union helped out with that one a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, – how is that dynamic? I mean, you know, I'm not asking you guys to talk bad or anything like that, but is it challenging, I guess? Um, I'm, for me, I like the 4872s uh, just because um, for us, I'd say the majority of – I'd say we have a good amount of guys that live – or uh, personnel that live on base – and then some in the surrounding area, but a lot of people will live up towards Sacramento, which is about um, an hour away. And for me, with the 4872s, the way we have it structured is uh, I only have to – I commute one less than uh, those who be working the 48. So it kind of right. saves me that commute yeah. and that, you know, that gas. Okay. So that's probably – Yeah, and I would – oh, sorry. No, I would say from a military perspective, it's nice having the civilians work uh, the 4872 because you get to interact with each of them and then you get to pick up a little bit of knowledge from each of them from their different experiences. Yeah, because we, you know, we're bridged between both the shifts so we work you know equally with both of them. 
Yeah. No, that's a good uh, good perspective to have, man. Good positive yeah. attitude. And right also there. from a, like a program management, you know, with my SCBA program, I get to, you know, touch bases with both shifts, you know, work on their maths and whatnot. So right, it's right, nice. Right. Yeah. No, that's definitely awesome. So there are some benefits. Um, so we did something similar. I'm at Langley where the civilians were on a different schedule than the military. And uh, we saw a bit of a struggle with continuity, um, you know, things lost in translation, things that you, uh, uh-huh. you know, you, you, well, it was mainly the managers. So the even the managers were on a different schedule. The civilian manager were on a different schedule than the military. And so that's where kind of the problem we ran into an issue. But, hey, if you can make it work, man, that's that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you know, it makes everybody happy and it's still effective. And it sounds like there's some positives to it, too with the program continuity and stuff like that and get to know other folks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess we'll talk about the, um, the area a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I'll let, uh, Robin take this. He's, uh, actually from around this yeah, area. Yeah. So I was, I was born and raised in the East Bay. Um, so, uh, I'd say some highlighted places around Travis is obviously we have, uh, San Francisco, which a lot of people enjoy going to. And then, um, if you go a little more east, we have Tahoe um, up there. Um, the cool thing about being in Northern California is you can pretty much, you know, surf and snowboard in the same day. So um, whatever your taste is for outdoors, we got a lot of that, a lot of offers. Um, we got a lot of major league sports teams. You know, we got the 49ers, the Warriors, um, the Oakland Athletics, San Francisco Giants, San Jose Sharks, um, Sacramento Kings, Earthquakes. I mean. It's pretty much there's a ton of do off base over here. Yeah, sounds like it. Hundred percent. Yeah, there's a, definitely a lot of hiking too. If uh, you're more of an outdoorsy person. Yeah, we got lakes. We got a little bit of everything. So whatever your taste is, we we probably have it for you. Yeah, it sounds desirable for, for stuff like that for sure. What about the? You definitely can't say you're bored here. What's that? Oh, say so you're bored? You definitely, I said you definitely can't no, say you're ever definitely bored not. here. Well, you can find something to do every place, man. And I talked to Canon. Yeah. There's an episode with uh, that we did for Canon, Base Highlight, and even Canon has, has a lot to offer, believe it or not, man. Yeah. When, you, when you peel back the onion and you, you, know, you look to see kind of what opportunities there are, there's opportunities. It's just whether or not you want to seize them, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a great area. What about the unique services that the department offers? So... You know, of course, the sound you have heavies and and you have all the uh, typical core services provided by the Air Force fire protection, but anything unique? Uh, I would say our mutual aid uh, program okay. we have. So we actually run for Solano County. Uh, we run on a numbered system. So station one is actually number four, station number forty five, and then station number two is forty six. And I think it goes all the way up to the 70s. Um, but there's like several cities that we cover. So Fairfield, Vacaville, uh, Sassoon City, Dixon, Rio Vista, uh, Vallejo, and there's a few others. Uh, but we, uh, we basically run on... Um, any of the wildlands in the surrounding area, we have automatic aid right outside the base. Um, so it's very nice because we get to interact with the, the county fire departments and talk to them and see how they run their departments and things like that. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. 
what kind of assignments are they tasking you with, you know, when you arrive on scene? Um, so it, it, it could be anything, but the majority I would say would be wildlands. Uh, there's a huge wildland mission here. Uh, a few years back, we actually had, we were part of the LNU fire. Uh, I don't know if you uh, heard about that, but it was, it covered about 300,000 acres and we were a part of that. I'm, I'm not sure how many agencies are out there. Torrance, I don't know if you know, uh, but we were out there alongside them, uh, fighting some of the wildland fires out uh, in the surrounding area. Hmm. Yeah, I guess what I meant was when you arrive on a structure, uh, emergency mm-hmm. or a structure fire, what kind yeah. of assignments are they tasking you with? Because typically, I don't want to say typically, sometimes they'll task you with something like, hey, stand over here in case things get crazy. You're the water source guy or you're the yeah. rapid yeah. intervention team, whatever. Yeah, we've gotten a little bit of everything. Um, typically, if we're going off base, we're not you know doing direct uh, attacks, but um, our water tender is actually the largest in the county, so that gets called out uh, pretty often. Uh, like James was saying, um, during the summer wildland season, we're we're very active off base, helping you know um, other stations in the, in the county. Um, but like when it comes to mutual aids, I've I've gotten tasked with you know vertical ventilation and anything from just water supply to whatever it is. We're writ. We we can pretty much whatever they need us to do, we can we can backfill for them. Awesome. It sounds like there's a good relationship of, uh, there. Yeah, it is, and we run a lot of hazmats off base as well. Um, I think in the last last year, I probably ran to like eight or ten, um, and obviously with hazmats, that's a, a large array of what could be the cause of the call. But uh, most of the time, you know, we're helping out. I've been on, uh, you know, the direct entry team. You know, nice. we're testing stuff and whatnot. So sweet. Yeah, I didn't want to skim over the wildland. That was that's a pretty unique and awesome service that you guys provide. I just wanted to. Um, yeah. See kind of how much they I'm trying to get a feel for how much maybe they trust the uh the Air Force guys to to handle business and it sounds like that there's a good relationship there. Um Yeah, our training chief the... has uh, done a, a really good job um you know helping us with that communication, that relationship. We do a lot more training with uh you know our fellow stations off base. Right. You know, cuz they're obviously communication and whatnot structure-wise there are differences. Yeah. Um but yeah. That's good. With Wildland, what kind of credentials are you guys getting? Uh, is it red card? Uh, so, no, we're not red card certified. I know they were trying to. Yeah, we're in the process of getting red card certified uh, this year, actually. NWCG, does that ring a bell? Uh, yes, yes. We get, uh, I think it's 190. 130. Yeah, 130, 190. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like all those basic ones. Okay, cool. So it, you're in the process of doing that, it, or that's what happens now? Oh, we're in the process of it. Um, gotcha. You know, it's just kind of been a, um, a working evolution. Um, yeah. You know, doing with that. We just had uh, our civilian wildland DOD um, crew from their Beale just came down here a couple months ago. Gave us, a, we got chainsaw certified. Oh, um, cool. So it's just, yeah, kind of, you know, always working. Um, we just yeah. got our Type 3 engine, I want to say, like three years ago. So that really helped us with, uh, you know, the, our matrix with our off-base companions and, you know, okay. getting out more often. So when you do respond to those fires off-base for Wildland, do they have you in kind of a structural protection, urban interface kind of role? I, I can't imagine you guys are in hand crews kind of. 
We we do do hand crews. Um, you do, awesome. yeah. yeah, we do. And especially when we got our type three and whatnot, we take that um, you know off the hard surface directly fighting fire um, with our type one, uh, typically engine forty six, which is our district two response. They'll go off base and they do more of the urban, you know, wildland interface structure protection. Yeah, cool. A lot of station coverage. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. I don't mean to go back and forth here, but there's a couple of questions I missed in regards to the uh, community, local area. Is it good for families? You know, what are the schools like just in the immediate area? Uh, I, I'm not sure about the schools, uh, but the area around the base is pretty clean. It's uh, more of a like a rural farming uh, type atmosphere. Uh, but as you go towards Fairfield, it gets more urban. Um, but as far as crime, um, I haven't really noticed anything or read anything that's too crazy. Just the typical crime around the area. So it's a pretty safe area, I would say. So it just sounds like a country town, kind of just a little yeah. bit rural. Yeah, it's, it's actually really surprising because uh, yeah. I've always been on the East Coast. And when I moved out here, I thought it would be more urban. Mm -hmm. But it's actually really uh, like farming type feel yeah, people like a uh, lot of uh, open land people often get that misconception of uh, northern california you know once you get away from the coast it is definitely a lot more rural mm. okay cool and the other question i have just considering it's california I mean, you always hear that the uh, cost of living and things are just crazy expensive over there how's that uh i, I mean it, it is it's expensive in some aspects uh but it's nothing uh too crazy i would say especially uh military uh you're getting you know your bah yeah. uh, which is pretty spot on as far as like if you want to live off base mm -hmm. and uh, rent a home a lot of people will commute because we are closer to the bay area which is more expensive uh right now i live in sacramento and i would say it's about uh, three, four hundred dollars cheaper than living right around uh, the Travis area. Yeah, and then on the civilian side, we have the uh, highest locality pay in the Air Force. Okay, so you compensated. Yes, compensated well, for a little bit of a increase in cost of living. Yeah, I, I think it it probably sounds worse than it actually is. You know, when when folks talk about how high the cost of living is in California or Alaska yeah. or wherever, it's uh, when you're there and on the ground and you know it's it sounds worse than it is it's in reality it's really not terrible um that's how it was in alaska i lived up in alaska and yeah things are just a bit more expensive uh but mm -hmm. you know nothing that as military members and as uh gs employees they're really going to break the bank for us yeah well let's talk about the combat challenge team i'd love to highlight that for a second what can yeah you tell most us about definitely that? um so the firefighter combat challenge um you know, we have we're known as Team Travis. Um, I think the only other base that I'm I'm aware of that's still active is the Air Force Academy. Um, you know, they've been active for many years. Um, and Team Travis was really known in the early 2000s. They uh, had a World Championship team. Uh, when I got here in 2018, um, one of the gentlemen in the station with Technical Sergeant Benjamin Reed and I, you know, we saw this history, this rich history of the Combat Challenge, and we just went to our chief and asked if we could just start it back up and uh, he was on board um just a little bit about the firefighter combat challenge in general and like what it is 
1991, it was discovered by a gentleman named Dr. Paul Davis, and he just, uh, it was meant to be a physical aptitude test for the fire service, and then it kind of just evolved into this competition. And so the season it generally goes from March to October, so it's a pretty long season. Um, and just the, the, the combat challenge itself is known as the hardest two minutes in sports. And uh, for those who don't know what it encompasses, it's basically a 42-pound uh, high-rise pack. Uh, you got to ascend six flights. Once you get to the top, uh, you have a 42-pound donut roll that you're going to have to hoist those six flights. You, uh, you have to descend the six flights. At the bottom, there will be a Kaiser Forcible Entry Trainer. Um, you'll use a 9.5-pound mallet, uh, mallet, and then you've got to um, drive a steel beam five feet. Um, after that, they have a, a serpentine, which is essentially you're just going to weave between uh, cones. Um, and then at the end of that, there'll be an inch and three-quarter charge hose line that you have to advance 75 feet, and there'll be a target at the end of that. And then at the very end is the uh, rescue Randy victim uh, rear drag, and you got to drag a 175-pound dummy 100 feet. And that's the whole thing. Um you can do an individual competition, which is, you know, it's just you doing all of those by yourself, full gear, on air. Um, they do a tandem competition, which is yourself and another competitor will split it up. And then they have the relay competition, which is split between three to five competitors, um, which they say is the you know the most fun because you're not, <laughs> not doing the whole thing. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's awesome because, uh, you know, they travel around the entire United States. Um, anybody who wants to try it, you know, your first run's free. Um, they have competitions where uh, the tandems uh, do male-female combos, male combos. They got age brackets. They got a little thing for, everybody, like for everyone. Um, we've been you know, competing since 2018, and, you know, you see all sorts of uh, different firefighters that go out there. Um, it's a great way to um, network. You know, I've met some of the most amazing people. And, yeah, I would uh, highly recommend anybody interested in it, you know, just go out there. I'm sure they'll have a local competition near you and uh, try it out. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's cool to see that you guys are participating in the Air Force Academy. Have Have you heard of Sean Sullivan by chance? That sounds familiar. He's a firefighter. Sounds very familiar. He's Air Force Reserve firefighter in Indiana or Kentucky. Um and uh, he competes on the national and world level. Um, he's in the 45-plus category, but he consistently okay. is placing first in that category. Uh, we had him on in one of our Coffee Break episodes, and he talked quite a bit about it. But Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's, that, an, it's that, addictive. You know, um, they say it's the hardest two minutes in sports, but uh, if you're just a little crazy, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you get really into it. And uh, it really gives, you know, um, the young airmen something to kind of give them a general of what you can sort of train for. You know, right. it's more of a metabolic type conditioning, which, uh, you know, we try to aim for here, you know, you know, get yeah. that. So that, that inline service training, it's good stuff. Yeah, it is. And it, uh, probably kind of restore or intensify a little bit of pride in the job too. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Your, your confidence, you know, would go up pretty high, but, uh, well, how, what's your time, your individual uh, time? Do you do individual my, run? I do, yeah. I try to run everything. Um, my last individual was a 154. So That's cruising, man. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, just work on that cardio and get in that lion's den. But, uh, you know, every year I get a little faster. So, you know, I've been consistently shaving a few seconds each year. So 
hopefully that that trend continues. <laughs> so with the combat challenge, do you incorporate some of those workouts that you do into your PTL thing that you mentioned? Yeah. So um, you know, when I I was a PTL's military for the longest time, so um, as a civilian, I just kind of wanted to help out as best I could. So I generate two workouts a week for the department. Um, one's more of an entry level. I'd say both of them are. Um, more metabolic conditioning um, focused, but uh, one workout's more entry level, and then uh, the next one would be more advanced. And uh, I pretty much build it for our combat challenge team members and those who want to strive to join the team. It kind of gives them something to aim for. Hey, Mm. you know, we post all our times. You can see where you stand compared to the rest of the uh, members on the team. Mm. So uh, you have to try out for the team. You don't just... Yeah. You have to kind of be selected, I guess. Yeah, and, um, you know, we make sure, especially for our airmen and whatnot, that they're, they're taking care of all their business, you know, with the department and their military business first before we right. uh, even consider them. One uh, nice thing about Travis here at Fire Station 1 is we actually have our own tower, and it's right outside the front, you know, so we can uh, we can train on shift. Um, it really gives us an advantage. That's awesome, man. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about, Travis? Um, that we haven't covered already. I think we uh, we hit just about everything. Yeah, I think the only thing that I could think of is just like the general history of uh, how we actually got the name Travis. Oh, is yeah. uh, there was a, a B twenty nine crash in nineteen fifty um, where uh, Brigadier General Robert F. Travis. Um, actually crashed uh so the name you know the base got its name from right. him but us is uh the fire department we actually had uh five inline duty deaths in that crash um wow. so um we have you know some streets on base named after those fallen firefighters um, we actually have a 1940s uh seagrave fire apparatus that we still have it's in our uh heritage uh, museum here on base um wow. so we're working on that with our, uh, you know, our firefighter association and whatnot to get a new engine in it. Um, we used to kind of utilize it, you know, for parades and whatnot. Um, as of now, it's just a static display. But uh, yeah, the thing's awesome. Yeah, that's cool, man. You're speaking my language when you talk history, man. I love that stuff. <laughs> um, that's cool. Um, yeah, it seems seems like every base is named after uh, some kind of tragic, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, passing of a, <laughs> of, of a pilot or, or somebody, but uh, no, that's good to memorialize them. That's really cool. Um, well, I appreciate you guys' time today. Yeah, thank you, sir. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having it was, us. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome learning about you. Travis. Yeah, my pleasure. You guys have a good day. You All too. right, Bye-bye. you too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fire Dog Podcast. You can find more articles and episodes just like this regularly posted on our website, firedog.us. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the fire dog podcast and on Instagram at the fire dog podcast. That is the fire D A W G podcast. This is Matt Wilson with guests, James Muncie and Robin Torrance until next time. Stay safe.